The battle for right tackle is over, which means we now know the entire starting offensive line for the Chargers, and it could be the best line that Justin Herbert's ever had. You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Lockdown Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer. And we've been covering the Chargers together now for over six seasons. But we're headed into our fifth season as a host of the Lockdown Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. Thank you guys so much for making us your first listen to make sure you never miss the show. Go subscribe to the Lockdown Chargers YouTube channel and also follow the show for free on all platforms wherever you get your podcast from. Well, David, we wanted to do some fan stuff for a while. So today we're doing Twitter Tuesday, and it starts with a question about the Chargers offensive line. And we're going to talk about what the expectations for that unit are. Are they better than last year's line with a couple of new additions like Zion Johnson and inputting Trey Pipkins into the starting lineup? Then we'll also talk about a trade that has surfaced in the NFL news, which is Alexander Madison, maybe an upgrade at RB2 for the Chargers from the Vikings. Would it make sense for the Chargers to pull a trade like that? Or would it make more sense for the Chargers to try to hit up that position or maybe a couple other positions on the waiver wire with a lot of guys getting ready to be cut in something that Brandon Staley has brought up way more times than I think than he did last year for sure. But then to wrap the show, we're going to talk about what the most important unit is for the Chargers this season. What unit has to get it right? The offense, defense, special teams. And we'll also talk about what we're kind of expecting from the J.C. Jackson situation. But, David, it starts with the offensive line, and we want to thank all of our Twitter users for hitting us up at LockedOnLAC to give us the questions that we have today. But I do need to tell you guys that today's episode of Locked On Chargers is presented by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is a daily fantasy made easy for you. Pick two to five players, and if they score more or less than their Prize Picks projection, you can win up to 10 times your money on your entry. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code LOCKEDON. That's prizepicks.com. Promo code locked on. So a special thank you to Lewis Benzeman, a longtime question asker of the show. We appreciate you, Lewis. And he asks, if Trey Pipkins or Storm Norton are serviceable, will that line be sufficient? The Chargers offensive line in 2022. And he also asks if we would ever look at trading for Alexander Madison from the Vikings. Let's start with part one here, David, because I mean, if you're going to, you know, tell me right now that you're going to get serviceable play out of either Storm Norton or Trey Pipkins now, 100% not only is it going to be a serviceable line, it should be a good line. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think you look at this this offensive line, Daniel, and, you know, you could you go down the line. It looks pretty darn good. He got Rashawn Slater at left tackle and all pro in his rookie spots, season. Yeah. Yeah, you got Matt Filer at left guard. You got Corey Lindsley in the middle, another former All-Pro. I mean, that left side set, you know, really, really good uh, offensive line, the left side of an offensive line. Uh, you know, a lot of teams would love to have that. And then, you know, you have the rookie at, at right guard bringing in Zion Johnson, who has looked really good in the offseason and in, in preseason. He looks the part. And then, you know, if you're going to tell me right now that you're going to give me a Trey Pipkins that is going to be serviceable, that's going to be league average, then I don't think you can come to any other kind of conclusion other than it's going to be a much better offensive line given that information. Yeah, and I think 
especially, you know, with what the Chargers have and who we feel good about. I mean, we feel good about four of those guys, and the guy we would be questioning is probably Trey Pipkins, right? Yeah. If Trey Pipkins can play as well as he did in the two games last year, I think that's the kind of conversation we're in right now, right? If he can just continue that. And we've heard multiple times that both him and Storm Norton have both improved since last season. But, I mean, I definitely think it has a good chance of being better than last year's offensive line for sure, David, which is the best offensive line that Justin Herbert played in front of or behind, I should say, because before that it was, you know, guys like Dan Feeney and Sam Tevy and Forrest Lamp and other, you know, draft picks that didn't end up working out. Last year was the best line he had ever had. We saw what they did, right? Top five offense in the league. Yeah, this one could be better. I mean, if you're looking at oh, yeah. it right this year, Slater, Filer, Lindsley, Zion Johnson, who I think could be better than, you know, Odea Bushi and Michael Schofield, right? The two guys who manned it last year. Mm-hmm. And then Pipkins, as opposed to 15 and a half games of Storm Norton, right? So, I mean, we know that the right tackle position should be better, right? Even if we're not just assuming it's going to be serviceable. And if you're telling me, hey, you know, Zion Johnson versus the mix of Michael Schofield and Odea Bushi. I mean, that's crazy, David, because, I mean, if, if Zion Johnson can outperform that and Trey Pipkins can outperform, you know, Storm Norton, who had one of the worst performances of any tackle last year, like, it absolutely should be better than it was last year, which means it could be even better offensively. We could even see a better Justin Herbert because of that, which is crazy. Yeah, and I think it's not only crazy, but I think it's likely that you're going to see a better Justin Herbert. I mean, if you don't have to worry so much about your right side caving in, which it happened a lot last year, (laughs) Storm Norton, 732 pass blocking snaps, nine sacks, 59 pressures. That's coming from PFF. That is not good. That is horrid. And, you know, it was pretty obvious, you know, that when once they once teams found that weakness, was able to identify that weakness. They attacked it and attacked it relentlessly. And why wouldn't they? That's what yeah. that's the name of the game. That's how you win football games here. And if you're telling me that, you know, Storm, you know, Storm Norton, excuse me, Trey Pipkins is going to be out there and he's going to perform much better. You know, let's say we're talking two or three sacks here. We're talking, you know, in, in the you know teens or 20s as far as pressures, then that's going to be an offensive line that's going to allow Justin Herbert to feel comfortable staying in that just extra second to make yeah. one of those incredible throws the, that we know he is capable of doing. We saw that last year a lot. I think we could see it even more this year with confidence in the system and confidence in the offensive line. Yeah, and I mean, I think when you're looking at this offensive line and kind of what that ceiling could be, right, if you're getting serviceable play from Trey Pipkins, maybe, you know, if he's average, even if he could be a slightly above average, what is the ceiling for this line, right? Because I know we have very high hopes for Zion Johnson, who, you know, could definitely elevate this unit. And I don't know if, you know, either Corey Lindsley or Matt Filer is a big target as far as regression goes. I mean, Corey Lindsley didn't allow a sack last year. So if if there is a regression, it hasn't started yet. And the other part of it is, Rashawn Slater should be better, which is should be a scary thought for everyone <laughs> around the league. That dude should yes. actually be better this year. Now, I do think one of the main places they will be better, David, is run blocking because I think yeah. Zion Johnson has shown a good finishing ability and good movement created in the running game. And Trey Pipkins has always been a better run blocker than he has been a pass blocker. So I think that's one avenue where you can look at it and say, hey, not only is it going to help Justin Herbert, should help the Chargers running game as well. And that's an element uh, that the Chargers really need to improve. Uh, and I think, yeah. you know, they have some, yeah. 
some running backs here that look better this year. I mean, I think you like what you've seen out of Josh Kelly. I think he looks a little bit more decisive. He looks a little bit quicker. And, you know, he's going to hopefully have some more holes to run through with this offensive line here. And and that's something that's going to make this offense a lot more dynamic. It's going to make yeah. it a lot better on play action. You're, you're going to be able to kind of make the, the defense guess what you're going to try to do and how you're going to try to attack them because they can't just lean on trying to erase the either the pass or the run. You have to worry about them equally, and that's when it's most effective. Yeah, and I mean, and that's just the running game, and I think the most underrated part of, like, running backs is the offensive line in oh, front yeah. of them, right? Like, I mean, the yards before contact for this offensive line has been dreadful pretty much for the last 10 years. It was a little yeah. bit better last season, but, like, even, you know, the worst running back can get five yards if nobody's touching him for the first five oh, yards. Of course. If they have, you know, a garage <laughs> right? size hole on the left side to run through. Yeah. That's not a question. But having a good offensive line can really elevate, you know, the efficiency, especially of that running game for sure. And I think with this, I mean, you'll see a better yards per carry average for guys like Austin Eckler. And for those other guys who, you know, maybe you're not as certain about if those dudes get holes and can show what they can do. I mean, even average running back should be able to take advantage of that if it can be an above average run blocking offensive line. But there are obviously a lot of question marks. And I think one of the things that has been going around on Twitter was the fact that the Vikings are in trade discussions with their RB2 Alexander Madison, a guy who has gotten, you know, the starters load of carries in times where Dalvin Cook has been unavailable. One of the teams that could make sense are the Chargers, who I think are feeling good about their situation, but it can always be better. So we'll talk about if that would make sense for the Chargers to go and try to do potentially. And we'll also talk about what positions we're looking for them to try to fill out when the the latest and the final cuts happen and they're surveying all the rest of the players around the NFL. So we're going to get into that, but First, I do need to tell you guys about my favorite daily fantasy app. And of course, I'm talking about Prize Picks. Super excited about Prize Picks and this uh, sponsorship this year, partnering up with them. I mean, I've already made some of my entries so far. Keenan Allen, less than six and a half touchdowns. I might say I'm blasphemous, but I mean, six does also seem to kind of be his lucky number. And also, you know, they have a lot of different options they can go to in the red zone. I'm expecting big things from Gerald Everett as well. But basically the way this works is you pick two to five players. If they go and score more or less than their prize pick projections, you can win. And not only can you win, you could win up to 10 times your money on any entry. Prize picks offers projections for any sport that you watch, just to name a few, NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, golf, MMA, college football, you name it, they have it at prize picks. And you can always get safe and fast withdrawals, which if you've done daily fantasy, that is a huge thing. But Right now, guys, you can download the PrizePix app or go to prizepix.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. For first-time users, you can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code LOCKDOWN. If you deposit $100, PrizePix will give you $100. If you deposit $50, PrizePix will give you $50 free dollars to play with. Don't forget to enter the promo code LOCKDOWN when you guys go at sign up for that instant deposit match up to $100. All right, David, we're back on this Twitter Tuesday train. Thank you guys and everyone who contributed to Twitter Tuesday. We really always appreciate that. And thank you guys, as always, for making us your first listen. But we do have the ultimate NFL show going down this week. The ultimate pro football preview is happening starting August 31st. And the Locked On Chargers podcast will be represented in that. It's an eight-episode extravaganza to get you ready for the NFL season. The local team experts and Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey NFL Insiders will bring you the latest. So make sure you guys are checking that out August 31st, wherever you get your podcast from. But 
David, I want to get to the second part of Lewis Benzeman's question. Look at you, Lewis, huh? bringing the content for us today. It's something that I saw some Charger fans talking about for sure, which was the availability of Alexander Madison, a guy who, you know, is a running back, running back to for Minnesota. He's been behind Dalvin Cook, so he doesn't have a clear role, right, to get snaps. Supposedly, they were into trade discussion. Somebody is interested, and Daniel Popper brought up, you know, Brandon Staley saying some nice things, and it got us to thinking, does it make sense for the Chargers, David? Because I think everyone feels good about Austin Eckler. RB2, we felt better about it, right? Josh Kelly, Isaiah Spiller is still a little bit banged up. Larry Roundtree, you know, is the guy that we picked. If he does make the squad, because, I mean, final cuts have not happened yet, that's the one we would feel, you know, the worst about, I guess, out of that group. Alexander Madison could probably step in and be RB2 for you, but are you willing to trade for that, right? Are you willing to trade to get another guy who's in the mix, not to be your starter, but to be kind of your primary backup? Yeah, and and I think if you're talking about any other team other than the Chargers who have drafted running backs each of the last three seasons, uh, I, I think that, you know, you would like your chances of wanting to get a guy like Alexander Madison because he definitely would complement this backfield. He is a guy that's averaged over four yards a carry, you know, in most of the seasons he's played in the NFL. And for his career, yeah. Right, for his career. He's a bigger running back. He's a 220-pound back as a guy who runs people over, gets those inside yards. You know, he's a, a real kind of bruiser type of back. And I feel like, I mean, I've always been a guy that wants to get somebody of that stature, kind sure. of that profile, to mix in with Austin Eckler because I feel like that would be a very nice compliment. But am I going to be the one to say the Chargers are going to give up draft compensation uh, considering what they have done at running back in the last several years, I think the chances are slim and none. Yeah, when you have to look at what it would cost, right? So, I mean, at least in the Vikings block, they think they're going to get a compensatory pick from a third or fourth rounder, which I think is blasphemous. I mean, but yeah, I mean, you might be able to get a compensatory pick. I don't know if anyone's, you know, backing up the Brinks track to make Alexander Madison their RB1, right? And think that's the starter they're missing to get them over the hump or anything like that. And those you know, compensatory picks are based on what the contracts are at a position that doesn't really get a lot unless you're one of those dudes, which he's not. Sony Michelle went for a fourth and a sixth round pick last year for uh, from the Patriots to the Rams. Before that, Matt Breida went for a fifth round pick when he ended up going to the Dolphins from the 49ers. That's a price I'm not willing to pay. If you want to say, hey, a seventh round pick, considering where the Chargers have picked their running backs and how those have turned out, I mean, a seventh-round pick I could probably get behind and be like, hey, you know, I'd take a dart throw there. Because you have to look at the group without Austin Eckler too, right? Because that's a big part of this. Austin Eckler's been extremely healthy. What do I feel better about? A group that has Alexander Madison, Josh Kelly, and Isaiah Spiller working as a committee if something were to happen to Austin Eckler, or Joshua Kelly, Isaiah Spiller, both guys who still have question marks one way or the other, right? For Josh Kelly, it's, hey, can you continue it? And what happens if you fumble? Is it all going to yeah. fall apart like it did the first time, right? Those right. are legitimate questions. And Larry Roundtree, you know, I think a committee of Madison, Kelly, and Spiller sounds much better than a Roundtree, Kelly, Spiller running back by committee situation. So I think that's the argument for I wouldn't be willing to give up, though, what it would probably take to go get him. But you could potentially have somebody on the cheap, right? Which brings me to my next Twitter question from Dylan Kirkpatrick, who asks, who are some cut candidates from other teams you'd like to see on the Chargers? Well, it's hard enough coming up with who's going to make the Chargers roster. It's almost impossible to figure out who the cut guys are going to be from other teams, especially with so many guys getting cut. But we can look at someone, David, who has already been cut, right? Kind of in the same mold of Alexander Madison, a guy who isn't flashy necessarily, but has been able to go in and get the job done and has been consistent throughout his career. 
and it's Sony Michelle who has already been released by the Dolphins. That does seem like one of those guys where it's like, okay, the position would kind of make sense as a guy you could add. And also, you know, the fit, the price would probably be more in line than trying to trade for someone like Alexander Madison. Yeah, and a guy who has been pretty productive in his career. He's only 27 years old, so he's still That's got crazy. Feels like he's been around left forever. on the tires there. Three out of four seasons averaging over four yards a carry, 900-plus rushing yards twice, um, you know, six touchdowns, seven touchdowns. Like, this is a guy who has gotten into the end zone. Uh, Four-plus touchdowns in three of his four years in the NFL. And so, and also a decent pass catcher. Four, 47 catches, 386 yards, and two touchdowns. So, the guy that you feel like can get you four yards of carry, which, unfortunately, you can't say that about everybody in your running back <laughs> group that's currently there right now. Not and, a good uh, one. <laughs> and a guy who has some soft hands and who's going to be a serviceable running back in this league. And hey, running backs, you know, say what you want about their value and what they bring to the table. But this is a guy who's been productive in the NFL. And looking at your room, it looks like this could be a very good addition. Right. I mean, if he did come into the room, he'd be the only person with legitimate NFL success in that running back room. Yeah. And it wouldn't be close. Isaiah Spiller is a rookie. Other Josh than Austin, has- obviously. Obvi- yes, obviously, after Austin Eckler, which is what the discussion is, right? Nobody's taking that job away. <laughs> but he would be the, you know, the guy that could be kind of maybe a calming force. I mean, obviously, the Rams thought enough of him to trade that for him with, you know, Darrell Henderson and the running back situation they have there. So it, it makes some sense to me to bring in someone like that. That's who I think, you know, you can find on the waiver wire, kind of yeah. upgrading backups, getting death. I don't think you're going to find a starting right tackle that's just going to suddenly become available on the waiver wire because that's the thing about the waiver wire you pick that guy up if you get him off waivers you're paying their contract you know if you wait for them to be cut add them as a free agent you know you can pay them whatever you want but at the same time like you're not going to find a starting right tackle you're just not i mean that's just not going to happen and whoever it is has to come onto your active roster immediately and that's the other big part of it but there are other positions, David, I think the Chargers could be targeting, which goes to our next Twitter question here. We had a couple of people ask a similar question. We had Robert Straw and Donnie both basically asking, what position groups do you think the Chargers potentially target with waiver claims for cuts of other teams? So we talked about running back a little bit. Where's another way that you think they could go? Yeah, I mean, I, I think, uh, you know, I, I'm a guy that had a, t- a you know a fourth tight end on my 53-man roster. I feel like that's an, an area that you can definitely see the Chargers scouring who gets cut uh, to see if they can add a fourth tight end they feel better about than the guys that they have had in camp. Also yep. feel like linebacker, uh, edge uh, are two other, you know, edge for sure is an, another area that if they feel like there's somebody out there that has been pretty productive, um, you know, and you know they can add to that room, I think that's another position as well. Sure. So tight end edge i think are two positions that the chargers are definitely going to be keeping a very close eye on yeah the linebacker position is very ambiguous you know it's hard to see how that's we'll see who ends up making the team they might have six linebackers right yeah. if you include kyle van Noy. so we'll see on that tight end i think for sure that's something i said hey even if somebody does make it as a fourth tight end that would be a prime candidate that they could add i'd say the one you didn't say is probably corner uh, yeah. I think if you can find a guy that can come in BCB five, right. Or compete for CB five and also be a solid special teams player. That is something I think that would be attractive and something that for could sure. be realistic to find on the waiver wire. Someone whose contract might be a little bit too much. So maybe you can bring in like a Ryan Smith last year, right? There's yeah. a guy where he ended up getting hurt. didn't work out. But if there's a guy like that, that could potentially deepen your CB room a little bit since CB five right now is just your Taylor. Who's a rookie. That would be something I think would make a lot of sense for the Chargers to try to target. But we do want to get into their best cornerback, who is potentially going to miss 
games one and two. So we'll talk about kind of how we're feeling about the J.C. Jackson situation at this point. A player we'd be most upset if they get cut. And also, how important is coaching? How important is special teams? You know, if you had to pick one to only be much better at this year, which one would you pick? We're going to get into that coming up after this. But I do have a very important message for you guys. One thing I think that gets taken very lightly in society right now in 2022 is driving high and not really thinking about it the same is when you're driving and you're drunk. Are you one of those people who thinks it's okay to drive stone? What's the worst that can happen? You end up driving below the speed limit. It's no big deal. Wrong. The truth is your reaction times do slow down when you're high. You not only put yourself in danger, but everyone around you. Stop kidding yourself. It's not okay to drive high. If you've been using marijuana in any form, do not get behind the wheel. If you feel different, you drive different. Drive high, get a DUI. All right, David, what we do have some more Twitter Tuesday questions that we want to get into here. And I think we did bring up the JC Jackson thing. So let's start there from Mac Huber, who reached out on Twitter. He asked, given our opponents week one and two in the importance of both games, do you think that JC Jackson will be ready to play by then? If not, we will be in trouble for, or will we be in trouble for weeks one and two. I believe you can win both. Just want your guys' opinion. So we have touched on this a little bit, but I do think it is a very important thing. And the next time we're talking about a Chargers game, it will be week one against the hated Las Vegas Raiders. Family, trust, and respect to everyone out there. David, there's no new information. Let's start with that, right? I mean, we're not doctors. We don't have any inside no. information on if he's going to come back. No. But we can take the context clues, right? And that's something we're always kind of doing. For yep. me, I, the way that Brandon Steely was talking about it, right, just the way he kept emphasizing, hey, this is not an injury. Hey, yeah. a lot of people have had things where you have to let a wound heal, right? Just right. kind of the the way he was talking about it and the way he was maybe even pushing back to an extent on the reporters. It has me feeling, David, like he's going to be back for weeks one and two, at least just from the outside looking in. That's exactly how I feel, too. And, yeah, I don't have any inside information either. I don't know anybody inside the organization. This is just purely how I feel. And just based off of what we have, have heard, you know, the coaches say is like, hey, this is a wound. So as long as it takes a wound to heal is when he will, will be back. And also, you better believe that J.C. Jackson knows how incredibly important these first two games are against the Raiders and against the Chiefs. Sure. And, you know, he's a competitor. You know he wants to go up against the best. So I feel like just given all of those things, I feel like you are going to have J.C. Jackson back for the first game. Obviously, I'm optimistic. I've always been optimistic. But sure. I just feel like, you know, with the, the things that we know and what we've heard, I do feel like we will have J.C. Jackson for week one. And a couple other things I do think are a little bit more than just a feeling are just the fact that, hey, it's probably not going to take the same ramp up period, right? It's not like Derwin yeah. James going full speed for the first time after sitting right. out for, you know, a month or whatever the case is. It's not the same as someone who has structural damage and you're worried that you're going to worsen it, right? In this case, it almost seems like you're talking about reopening a cut, right? Which yeah. obviously would suck and maybe that does make it linger a little longer. It's not the same as, you know, what you usually think of as far as injuries because this was not an injury. And they right. kept making that as clear as possible. I also think that what they do with this roster as these cuts are happening today, as you guys are listening to this, could also kind of give you an indicator of how they're feeling about J.C. Jackson. Absolutely. Right? They only keep five corners, including him, and they're going in with their fourth corner game one being Jasir Taylor. That, I think, probably gives you an indication they're feeling pretty good about J.C. Jackson. Things can change and guys can get called up or whatever. But I do think, I mean... There is a good chance he's back. We do, if he gets healthy, if he totally heals with a couple of days left, I don't think they'd have a problem, you know, getting his conditioning ready or anything like that because he hasn't missed very much time. And Staley said, hey, the last time he practiced, 
he was playing really, really well and shutting down, you know, Cowboys wide receiver. So it wasn't even stopping him when he did kind of have the issue that caused us to get to this point to begin with. But let's go to a question here, David. I think since all the cuts haven't been made, we have seen some things trickle out like a Mecca Igbue, right, and guys of that nature. But the big cuts are coming today when the deadline passes. We have a question from Steve who asks, who would you guys be most upset about being cut? So, David, obviously, we don't know all of the cuts yet, but who is the guy you think, hey, there is a possibility he could get cut, and if he did, I'd be upset? Yeah, I mean, I, I think the obvious one is Braden Fehoko. I just feel like he's the guy That's who's really, picked. you know, put all his work in. He's done everything he, uh, I feel like he needs to do to, you know, to earn this roster spot. So, if he gets cut, I think it's definitely going to be something that's going to feel a little bit sour. Because I, I, feel, I feel like, you know, if he doesn't make it and, and someone else, you know, like, you know, another player you, you don't feel as confident about sure. uh, does make it and steals that roster spot, you're going to feel like, you know, he got cheated and you feel like that that role wasn't earned. I just feel like he earned his role. He deserves yeah. his spot. If he doesn't get it, it's definitely a little bit of a travesty. Yeah, I mean, for me, I'm not going to get like upset about anyone like I, it right. sucks for the players and i think that's one thing that you know goes without mentioning too often especially as guys are like hey cut this dude right away it's like hey that could be ending that dude's nfl dreams Absolutely. i mean if you're, yeah. if you're you a big a football fan you probably played football at some point you probably yeah. wanted to make the nfl at some point like those dudes are this close to achieving those dreams you know since they were eight years old or whatever the case is like it sucks for anyone who gets cut yes. i think as far as for the Chargers, though yeah with brayden Pahoko, it's you feel like you did enough to earn the team and unlike Michael Bandy, who I think would be better off in a different situation, right? Like, it's not going to upset me if Michael Bandy gets cut from the team because it's like he could potentially catch on somewhere else and have a much easier path to getting targets, to getting yeah. actual meaningful playing time. With Braden Fehoko, to me, it's like it's what he represents, which is a physical mentality, which is a run-stopping mentality, which is a high-motor mentality. He brings all those things, plus the energy and kind of the lightheartedness that you get from him off the field. He is a glue guy, as David brought up. I think he's one of the ultimate glue guys, kind of following in Sebastian Joseph Day's footsteps, right? I think Definitely. Sebastian Joseph Day is a, a big-time glue guy, right? Oh, Probably absolutely. Probably a little too good to be considered just that. Yeah. Braden Fehoko, I think, brings a certain level of physicality that the Chargers still lacked, still lack now of without him, right, to some extent, and have lacked for so many years, right, just being soft on the interior. Braden Fehoko is not soft on the interior. Braden Fehoko is not a guy who is easily pushed off the line of scrimmage a lot of times, even when it's two guys. Who yeah. are going at him. So from that aspect, I think that is absolutely the right answer to go with there. But we do have one other fun one here that I wanted to get into, David, from Bolt Wheat, right? And he asks, love the show, guys. Keep up the good work. What phase must stand out, must stand out for the most successful season for the Chargers this year? Offense, defense, special teams, or coaching? I do consider coaching a phase of the game. Is there a percentage of importance that you give to each phase? Much appreciated. So I put a little bit of context on this because I think it can be a little bit confusing. And I think for me, kind of the thing is like, so if I say defense, does that mean the offense is bad now? Right. Cause obviously the offense is so important, but I think, yeah. it's, Hey, what phase here do you know the chargers need to get better at or need to improve at or something along those lines? How did you take the question, David? Where did you go with it? Yeah. I mean, I think look, looking at it, it for me, it's like the offense. I know what, what the offense is. I, I feel pretty confident that, I feel like this is going to be another explosive top offense in the NFL. Right. What we know from last year is that the Chargers defense was really bad. They were you know, one of the worst units in the league last year, especially against the run. So that has to be better. You know, it just it cannot be a duplicate performance. You cannot give up 140 rushing yards a game again this season. It cannot yeah. happen. 
If that happens again, then you're going to see a similar result with, with a team hovering around 500. But also, I cannot and I will not discount the importance of an improved special teams unit. We have seen disaster after disaster from the special teams unit of the Chargers yep. the last several years. Punts getting blocked where there are no other teams that get punts blocked and it's not even close. You have a lot of close calls. You have a lot of just your weird just mistakes that totally. you see. You see muffed punts. You just all kinds of bad special teams play. And that's, you know, that's the, the type of things that change the momentum in football games when you 100%. allow those type of plays to happen you give up special teams touchdowns it sucks the life out of you so it it's incredibly important for the defense to be better but the special teams needs to be much better as well yeah i mean i think that you know if the chargers have a standout defense in 2022 they'll be good they'll be yeah. a playoff team they'll be a true contender right because Definitely. you don't expect the offense to drop off very much then again it's a lot harder to make the playoffs, right? If you just have a good defense than yeah. it is, if you just have a good offense. So I did put some percentages on it. Very weird question. It was hard to do, but the way I kind of did it is, Hey, how important is this? Assuming everything else is average, right? Yeah. How important, like what's the most important of those four factors? If everything else is average. And I think the answer is offense. It's better. If you can say everything else is average, the most important thing is offense. You look at the top five offensive teams, Cowboys, Buccaneers, Bills, Chiefs, Chargers, obviously all those other teams besides the Chargers made the playoffs. If you're one of the top offenses in the league, you're almost always making the playoffs. Top five defensive teams, Bills, Patriots, Broncos, Saints, Bucks. The Saints are a good example why I think defense is super important, but offense is just more important because the Saints had a very, very good defense last year. They also had Trevor Simeon out there and Ian Book out there, right? And <laughs> yeah. that did not lead to much success for them or a playoff run for them. Like, so I do think if you're saying which one's more important, I do think offense is more important than defense. I added his offense 45%, defense 45%, special teams 10%, coaching 10%. That's that's the way I did it. And as far as special teams and coaching goes, like you're not going to make the playoffs if your offense and defense are bad and you have a great special teams unit. It's just not yeah. going to happen, more than right. likely. You, know? you could have the best coach in the world if your roster looks like the Detroit Lions roster. Not you know, matter. or one of these terrible rosters, it's not going to matter. You're not going to be able to will your team to victory. You need talent, and the Chargers yeah. learned that last year, right? Just a new coach, new things. Coaches right? coach, players play. Totally. So then that's how I kind of broke it down, but I 100% agree. Like, special teams is always overrated. And even look back at the Packers last year, right? Super promising season, have a chance against a, a abysmal 49ers offense, right, in that game, and their special teams blows it and loses the game for them just like that. Like, it can all end just like that. It is such a momentum-shifting thing. So that's the way I would kind of classify it. But that is going to wrap things up for today's show. Thank you to everyone again for checking out Twitter Tuesday and contributing to today's show. We obviously love to get you guys involved with the fans, and it's been a whirlwind, but we're going to keep, you know, making sure we do that. So if you also – you can also hit us up on Twitter. Each individual, you can find me on Twitter at Dan Talk Sports And David Drogemeyer's DMs are always open at DroTalk. SD. That is going to do it for today's show. Make sure you guys are checking us out, though, because we have a huge guest later on in the week. I almost want to drop it just because, you know, are you good with it? This Go is ahead. all right. Go ahead. We should have Daniel Jeremiah on the show later this week. That is the color commentator and draft expert and everything, former scout of the Los Angeles Chargers, right? The guy who calls their color for the radio he should be joining the show later on this week we're very very excited to make sure you are here for it subscribe right now to the locked on Chargers youtube channel 
Find the show wherever you get your podcast from and follow or subscribe there, whether it's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever, because this is the only show you know you don't have to pay anything extra for, no super bonuses, no nothing. You can get this show every day for free wherever you get podcasts from. And that means a lot to us to always give you guys free content. You never had to pay for anything with the Locked On Chargers podcast. So make sure you guys are here for big guests like that. Tomorrow, we'll be back with more waiver candidates once we actually find out, you know, who is actually going to get cut. And we'll have our roster reactions because we'll know who makes this team. So we'll be here for the surprise cuts and the guys who we didn't think would make it, the guys who we did think would make it, and all of the above on tomorrow's show. So make sure you guys are back here for that. But until then, take it easy and go Bolts.